You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Thank you for bearing with me. Sometimes when God moves, he moves unexpectedly. And uh, I'm so grateful for that. Um, we are so we are so excited, truly excited to be a part of the kingdom of God. We've been talking in this Awaken series that the church in America desperately needs to wake up. Can I tell you, I think there was an awakening this morning during worship. We need to awaken our hearts. It's not playing cute church and spectator church anymore. God wants to meet with us. And guys, this tomorrow, tomorrow is just an event. It's called the Kingdom Gathering. It's just an event, an opportunity for people to come and worship hear what God is doing across the globe and to respond accordingly. That's it. That's it. We don't have all the answers. We don't have all the logistics. We just know we wanna host God's presence for this moment. We know that over 150 people have already registered to come and a portion of that is ECC. We have people from all over Cincinnati coming because they're hearing that a church in Blanchester is awakening and calling upon God. This event may not be for you and that is okay. This is an event that's been sponsored by different ministries and pastors, but Monday night, we're just trying to make the most of this building and allow other people and ministers such as Todd Smith to come upon revival, which is spiritual renewal upon believers. This is a faceless and nameless revival. It is not about people. It's about God meeting with his children. I wanna be very clear just to communicate. We've taken the last actually four weeks to focus on this because it is new and there's a lot of questions and it's not happening everywhere. And so we get that. And there is a lot of supernatural spiritual stuff happening. Over 20,000 people have been baptized in North Georgia. Thousands upon thousands of medical approved miracles. But beyond that, it's all about people's hearts being set on fire for Jesus. Just like when someone comes to the baptismal for the second time and they said, I was baptized as a kid, but I tell you, my life is a wreck and I've gotten so far away from Abba Daddy and I need him more and more in my life. And they just go under again and they're rededicating their lives. That's what we want to continue to see here, not just tomorrow night but continually people being drawn to the Father through the Holy Spirit, being convicted of their sin that separates them from the Spirit living life. And to come afresh 
whether you want to call it the baptism of the Spirit or Holy Spirit fire or God just reigniting you, whatever you want, whatever word you want to put to that, we need people to encounter a real God to deliver them from real life and bring real transformation. There have been tons of new people, and I know ECC, it feels like, this isn't my church anymore. It's never been your church. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm saying that to me. I helped plant this church. This is his church. And he says, when we are aligned as his church, the gates of hell will not prevail. Where, where's Ricky? Where's Ricky? Are you here, Ricky? Maybe in the back. Ricky said this this morning. He says he's been studying the verse where Jesus says, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why did he use the word gates? Well, gates were the weakest place for a city. And because they were the most vulnerable, they became the strongest place. This is where they would put their troops and their fortress. This is where they would guard the gates to where it couldn't be penetrated. It couldn't be moved. And so what it's saying is the gates of hell, the strongest place of hell will not be able to prevail against the church. Not just hell, not just the demon, the strongest that hell's got what you got. Ain't enough. And so by registering for this event, I want to clarify. And again, I've tried to take these last three to four weeks just to slowly feed you with information so that I don't overwhelm you or confuse you. I want to say this. I refuse. I refuse as a leader of the church to go to another movement and bring it back and put a mold on our church. I won't do it. What Restoring Lives is doing is not necessarily our mold. What Sozo Church and Gateway Church and Linden Avenue Baptist Church in Dayton, who are all a part of this revival, this kingdom gathering, this is the mold that God wants for our people and our community. And so that's why I don't know what to tell you God's gonna do but I sure hope and I pray that we are seeking him to where he walks in the room. Because when he walks in the room, guess what? Everything changes. So when you register for this event, you are not registering to be baptized. I wanna make that clear. Registering for this event is saying, I'm gonna come. I wanna be a part of worship. I wanna hear what Pastor Todd has to say, what God is doing in revival across the world. And I want to respond to God in whatever way he calls. This is not about if you come, you're signing up to be baptized. Because if that is true, we have 156 baptisms already. We're in trouble. <laughs> but hey, we'll stay here till five in the morning if people want to get baptized. Six in the morning. Pastor Todd said, whatever time it takes. We're just asking you to come and see. Come and watch. Come and hear. The biggest thing is that you're open to what God has for you. If you're not content with the way your life is aligned with Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit, then this event is for you. Come see, come here, come see. If you know anyone who is sick, I think of Jesus's day. There were stories Jesus started. 
I'm just going to go here. Jesus started his ministry in power of the Holy Spirit. And when he started healing and doing miracles in people's lives, he told them not to say anything to anyone. What did they do? (laughs) They opened their big mouths. Here's the thing. When Jesus changes your life, you can't stop talking about it. But why is the church silent? We talk about Chipotle. We talk about Butterbees. We talk about specific coffee places. We talk about AJ's Pizza. We don't talk about Jesus. Could it be that we haven't met with Jesus in a long time for him to change us? You see, the word started getting around and people had an option. They either believed that he was Lord, that he was this Messiah, or they believed that he was a liar, or they believed that he was a lunatic. And word got around, but even though there was negative words, this is a lunatic, this is a liar, this is a crazy man, they still came because lives were being changed. Woman with the blood issue, exhausted all her money, all her options, saw all the doctors, couldn't solve her issue of bleeding. And she hears that this crazy man named Jesus is healing people and everything she has, she's shunned again. She's defiled, she's sick, no one can touch her. And she presses through the crowd just to see that if she touched the hem of his garment, if something would change. Can I ask you? It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have questions, that's good. This may not be something you're used to or even interested in. Come see, come see. You're not gonna look for any circus chaos. We are just simply pressing in to ask for God to wake our hearts. And now I want you to see, by the way, if you have any questions further, about what's entailed, uh, please see me afterwards or email us at contact at myelevationcc.org. We'd be happy to ask any questions you have. But again, we're just going to meet with God and whatever God wants to do in our lives, let's let him do it, amen? So watch this video with, with Todd and there's a specific, real quick in the, in the beginning, he talks about, it's, it's, it's a little choppy in the edit, so I apologize about that, but he's talking about a man who was addicted for years to meth, and he gets into the water, and his life has changed. Watch this. But when I see someone that's marginal or backslidden or carnal in their walk with Jesus, and they're just going through the motions, get ignited in the fire and the presence of God comes upon them and you can see the expression of, I'm going from loving Jesus to being in love with him. That to me is the epitome of the baptism of fire, a changed life. Dude, that gets me. <laughs> when he got into the water, he testified, he said, I literally felt the taste of meth leave my body. In the water, I felt it leave my body, the craving, the addiction. And he's been in and out of rehab for years and years and years. But he said, when I was underneath the water, I felt it leave my body. 
That's what we're talking about, being baptized with Holy Spirit and fire. The fire of God comes and cleanses and purges the soul and the spirit and the mind of man. Wow. Mm. There's a stirring. There is a shaking in the body of Christ that, 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 that includes Elevation Community Church. There's something about you. There's something about your wife. There's something about your leadership team that is stirring on the inside. We're not satisfied any longer with just, you know, cute, wonderful church services that, you know, that literally kind of satisfy our need to have church. No, there's a stirring, an inner, an inner hunger that says, God, we want more. We want the, the God of the New Testament to come alive in our church services. We want the kingdom of God to become present and active in what we do. So this hunger and stirring that is, first of all, started in you and your wife and your leaders is going to spread like wildfire in your congregation. And this church right here, your church, is going to be a portal of glory. It's going to be a hot spot by the kingdom of God where the, the, literally the fire of God, the presence of the Lord comes and hurting and broken people can come and be made well. Sick people can be healed. Backsliders can come back home and sinners can be saved. God looking for outposts of his, where he can trust a congregation, a people, that can handle his glory, all right? That can handle the habitation of the Holy Spirit. That when you walk into the room, there's a heaviness of the Spirit. There's a heaviness of his presence that changes the way we do life. And, and so I'm speaking that prophetically, if you will, to your congregation. This is a moment that you're going to have on August the 2nd. This is a moment that how we respond to this moment will determine all other moments to follow. All right, how we respond to this moment. And I would even say when God meets with you, how you respond to that moment will determine all other moments to come in your life. If you would turn with me, if you have your Bible here, and I would, if you have a Bible, bring it to church. <laughs> bring it and uh, uh, get in it and dig yourself, take ownership, and really seek the word of God. First um, Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to stay in First Corinthians the entire time of this message. First Corinthians chapter 12. Go ahead and turn there. If you have a cell phone, you can go to a Bible app. And it will be on the screen as well, but I would love for you just to kind of take it in yourself and maybe you have a different translation than what we're using on the screen, which today is the English Standard Version. I want to just give you a background of what is happening in this letter of Corinth, of 1 Corinthians. Now, the Apostle Paul, 
after his life is changed on the road to Damascus, he's filled with the Spirit, he's transformed. He goes for several years uh, into isolation to just learn from the Holy Spirit. So everything that he teaches from there on out is only Spirit-led. He didn't get it from man or woman. He got it from the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, he then begins, God calls him to not minister to solely the Jewish nation, but now the Gentiles, the Greek, and and back then, the Jewish nation was the only nation under God. Everyone else was defiled, and they had other gods and idols, and they were going to hell. And through Jesus Christ, because he loves the whole world, he was sent to die for our sin for everybody. And so now Paul launches a ministry by planting churches all over, and Corinth is one of them. And if you know anything about Corinth, it is one of the godless, worldly cultures in that day. And here he is planting churches, and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit fire comes and transforms people's lives. Churches are being planted all over Corinth. And like any other church planner, for a while, they build up the leaders, they make sure the church is healthy and grounded, and then they go on. Well, as the Apostle Paul goes to Ephesus, he finds out from his leaders that Corinth is, is, is dealing with some struggles. They're, they're dealing with going backward. There, there's three specific things that are happening. Number one, there's confusion. How many know that confusion does not come from God? Confusion is not of God. It is of the world and the enemy. Confusion. Uh, Jesus said the Holy Spirit has come to bring clarity and to lead us into all truth, not confusion. And so Paul is reaching out to say, you need to connect back to the Holy Spirit. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to be fully activated in your life so that you do not come to a place of confusion. Because once we get confused, especially in a corporate church body, the second thing happens that was happening in Corinth. See if this sounds familiar. There was division, much division. Division was caused through confusion, sometimes disagreements, different doctrines, different philosophies and opinions. Sometimes it was just because people didn't know or weren't taught or they were swayed by the world or they were evil and demonic and they were trying to infiltrate the church with doctrine, false doctrine that would pull them away from the truth. So we have confusion, we had divisions, and then we had a lot of godless, worldly behavior. You see him addressing sexual immorality in the church. And people are craving and making idols of the world again, and they have forgotten that they were crucified with Christ. And so he's trying to say, stop, stop. We need to gain understanding and clarity of the word of God, which is revealed and led by the Holy Spirit. And so all of Corinthians, the purpose is to bring clarity and understanding to spiritual truths so that the church will, number one, acknowledge where they're at. Can we as a church acknowledge that we have bought into some lies. We have bought into some wrong practices. We acknowledge that we have been one foot in the world and one foot in the church. We have habitual sin, continuous sin that we have allowed to easily entangle us. We need to acknowledge it. 
And then we need to repent. Because friends, repentance is going to hinder you from receiving whatever God has for you. It's going to hinder you from relying on the Holy Spirit. It's going to hinder you from walking in the power of the Spirit. You have to repent. You have to be pure. So we acknowledge where we're at. We draw near in repentance. And then we realign ourselves with biblical foundational truth. Amen? Can I hear you? Okay. So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, when it comes to living by the Holy Spirit, and when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit being operated within the church, can we agree there can be a lot of confusion? (laughs) Hello? There can be a lot of division. And then it gives way and an open door to the enemy to come in like a flood and bring worldly opinions and practices. Do you know that when a church especially is confused, they are vulnerable? That's why the enemy brings confusion. And so I want to give you this on the screen. This is the foundation for the message today. And it goes like this. When we as a church body begin to seek, say seek, Okay, good. Thank you. Begin to seek the Lord's face and draw near. Say, draw near to him in prayer. Turning daily. Say, turning daily from our sinful ways and give the Holy Spirit permission. Say, permission to have complete control to change. We will begin seeing this. Okay? When we as a church body begin to seek the Lord's face, draw near to him in prayer, turn daily from our sins, repent, give the Holy Spirit permission to have complete control to change our lives, we will begin to see this. Go ahead. God will do immeasurably more than all we could ask or think to the glory of Christ Jesus and the church when we seek him and only him and we lay our lives down as living sacrifices, God shows up and does immeasurably more than all we could ask or think. Who can testify to that? Amen? The next thing that he will do is we will look different than the world. Friends, the the thing that freaks people out about baptism of the Holy Spirit is that it does crazy things. No, 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 no. When the Holy Spirit comes upon your life, you should look different. Whether you fall down or whether you're flying high, you should be different. When the Spirit gets a hold of you and Jesus touches you, you are changed. The Holy Spirit makes you new. The old is gone. The new has come. He has given us a new DNA. He has wired us spiritually, so we should look different from the world. Why is it that the church in America doesn't look any different? It's because we have lost our way. We have stopped seeking the Lord's face. Just ask anyone who calls him a Christian, how much do you spend in prayer? How much time? Just ask. And it's not about the time in prayer. It's what you seek and who you seek. When we begin to draw near to him in prayer and we turn from our ways, our sinful ways, and we give the Holy Spirit permission, that's when we change. That's when we look different. 
the next one. Others will notice and respond in different ways. If people aren't noticing, your life is different, then something is miscued, askew. Something is off. Because we know that when we give full permission and we lay our lives down and we give permission to the Holy Spirit to move, things change. You are not bound to the world anymore. You live according to God's word through the gospel message of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. People will respond in different ways. Many people will hear and listen and see the life change in your life, and they will humble themselves and want what you have. And they will confess and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus and be saved and be changed. Some will look at you and mock you. Some people will not understand you. Some will push away. Some will make a joke out of it. Some will condemn you, and some will persecute you. And when we seek the Lord with all of our hearts and seek him in prayer, turn from our sinful ways and give the spirit permission, this is the other thing that will happen. The enemy will try to hinder, dampen, and divide. But you need to remember that no weapon formed against us shall ever prosper because the standard that Jesus raised, the enemy will never be able to get to. So when the enemy attacks you and the enemy comes in like a flood, what standard are you standing on? (laughs) Which will determine whether or not the enemy can touch you or not. And so because of this, it is absolutely essential for the church to grow in Christ. It's essential. If you're a believer in Jesus, it is essential that you grow in Jesus that you grow in the word of God and that the Holy Spirit you grow into and you grow in a relationship with the Holy Spirit to function as the healthy, united, and thriving church it was always designed to be. We want to be healthy and thriving as a church as God designed it, then we need to grow individually in Christ, individually in the word, and individually in the Holy Spirit. And then on Sundays when we all come together, we grow even more, okay? So now let's look at 1 Corinthians as we have that backdrop of information. 1 Corinthians 12, he says, Now concerning the spiritual gifts, say spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed. That's the purpose of his letter to the Corinthians. I don't want you to be uninformed because being uninformed is causing confusion, division, and worldly ways. I don't want you to be uninformed. Spiritual gifts, friends, in the Greek is translated into special abilities given by the Holy Spirit. God the Father promised the Holy Spirit. He gave Jesus Christ the Son, and Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit. He's the baptizer of the Spirit. So that's what spiritual gifts are. It's special abilities given by the Holy Spirit, not that you've attained by anything on your own or in this world. He says this in verse two, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse. So if someone's saying that, he is not in the, he or she is not in the spirit of God. And in order to be able to say Jesus is Lord, 
It has to be in the Holy Spirit. The only way you can say Jesus is Lord, not Savior, Jesus is Lord of my life, is only through the Holy Spirit. Now, verse four, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Each of us who are in Christ Jesus have been given a gift or gifts, not for ourselves, but for the common good to build up and serve the body of Christ. This is not being taught in so many different churches. You have a gift if you are in Christ. Do you know what it is? Do you know what they are? Have you been open to it? And are you using your gifts to serve the body? Because if you're using them for yourself, that's called idolatry, and the Holy Spirit is not in that. It will hurt people. And that's what we have seen. People in the past, leaders and people in churches that maybe you have gone to. And they have good intentions and they want everything the Lord has to give them. But they've taken the gifts of the Spirit and they've turned them into something that will bring them gain. And instead of serving the body, they have been harming and hurting the body. And so this is why Paul's reaching out and saying, to Corinth and to ECC in Blanchester, Ohio in 2021, you gotta realize what the spiritual gifts are for and who they are for and how they're to operate. So when you're born again, the spirit indwells in us. We are a new creation. We are a holy temple for the spirit of the living God. Amen, do you agree? So now we have the kingdom's DNA running through our veins. So whatever the Lord wants to give us, it's in our DNA, spiritual DNA, new creation. The spirit is in us and wants to work through us. The Holy Spirit wires, and, wires us and gifts us for the kingdom's purpose, to glorify Jesus and to build up the body, nothing else and nothing more, to glorify Jesus and to build the church up. So now, we're in verse eight. But stop there real quick because I wanna clarify spiritual gifts before we go any further. This is so important. I didn't learn this until I started entering into the pastoral ministry. This is so important to understanding the healthy component or structure of the church and how every single believer has a part to play. But we need to understand the gifts or else we become confused, we feel division, and then the enemy plays on the playground of all of that, okay? So let's look, there are three categories of gifts, three categories of gifts. There's three categories, did you know that? And so we need to understand how the gifts are outlined and laid out for us. So number one is ministry gifts. Ministry gifts, and you're gonna see this as we read. I just wanna give you the heads up so you understand it when we read it. Ministry gifts is how God works in a believer to shape his or her perspective, say perspective, on life and motivate 
his words or her words and actions. This is like a lens that God gives us of how we see the kingdom and the world around us. You have the apostle, it's called the five-fold ministry. And so often we just think it's just for the leaders of the church, but all of us have been given at least a wiring that follows one of these, primarily. Some of you may have a mix or a hybrid approach of that. We need to just understand that God's uniquely wired us to serve the body, but we need to also have that lens and the perspective of how we see the world, how we see the kingdom of God, and how we see the church. How God works in a believer to shape his or her perspective on life and motivate his or her words and actions. Apostle, this is one who plants and bursts, sparks and ignites it into existence. The prophet is one who speaks of God, speaks the word of God, speaks from God into hearts of people. You have an evangelist, one who is the megaphone, the mouthpiece of the gospel who goes out. Now, we all are called to evangelize, but some people are truly gifted and wired to be an evangelist. We have shepherds, you're tender, you care about people, you have mercy, you love people, you want to serve people and make sure that they stay connected. That's a shepherd. We're all called to be tender, to be hospitable. But some have the calling and the gifting and the wiring and the lens of a shepherd. We are all called to teach one another in the word. But we also have people in this body who have a lens and a DNA wiring that is called to teach people. Right, Michael? He is wired as a teacher through and through. But as E-Kids director, he's also called to be a shepherd, evangelist, prophet, and apostle to all these kids, or at least get other people to meet that five-fold ministry within that. So that's the ministry gifts. The next one are motivational gifts. Motivational gifts are how God works with what a believer does. The first one is how they perceive things. Ministry gifts is our lens of perspective, okay? Motivational gifts is what we do. What we do to serve and meet the needs of others. Sadly, so many of us don't know the gifts we have to serve, and so we don't serve or we're serving in a place that is not really fulfilling or making a difference. Prophecy, speaking into people's lives through the word of God and what God's doing. Serving. Teaching, encouraging, giving. We're all called to give, but there are some of you who are truly wired in a motivational gift to give, to give, to give. It comes naturally to you, and you are a representative of what the scripture says. You are a cheerful giver because you have that wiring, that gift. You have leadership. Not everyone's called to be a leader, but some are. And you have mercy. How many of you know in a church we need people with mercy? That's motivational gifts. So ministry gifts is your perspective, the lens, how you see things. Motivational gifts is what you do to serve the body. 
And lastly, the manifestational gifts. This is where the Holy Spirit wants to pour out of you, not by might, not by spirit, uh, not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit. This is how God works through a believer in a given situation to demonstrate. So we have perspective, how we see things, what we do to serve the body, and then how we demonstrate the Holy Spirit's power. Doesn't this make sense now? I love this. And so we have words of wisdom, word of knowledge. Well, that's weird. That's creepy when that happens. Right, because it's not in our own power. It's us connecting with the Holy Spirit because he wants to gift us to build up the church. So we're going to have faith. How many believe that God still heals? He still heals the same Holy Spirit that delivered so many people in Jesus' day and, and rose Jesus from the grave. It's the same Spirit that lives within us. We're called temples of the Holy Spirit. Miracles, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and helps. We are not called to be afraid of these, but to welcome them and discern what is our part to play to build and serve the body. Whew, that's good stuff. You know why it's good stuff? Because the Holy Spirit changed everything. Lauren can attest at 10 o'clock last night. He changed everything of the message. And he downloaded this last night till a.m. I just gotta be obedient. And the Lord is trying to teach us not to run away from the things of the spirit, but to ground ourselves in truth. Truth is truth, it doesn't matter how you feel, it's truth. Truth is truth whether you like it or not. It's truth. And truth is truth whether you are living by it or not. Moving on. So those are the three gifts of the Spirit. It is the lens gifts, perspective gifts. It is the serving gifts. And it is the demonstration of the Spirit gifts. Let's go on to first. Verse eight, verse eight. I'm plowing away. Here we go. Ready for the fire hose? Turn it on and go. For to one is given through the spirit an utterance of wisdom. There it is. And to another utterance of knowledge, manifestational gifts, according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish or discern between spirits to another various kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same spirit. Amen. Who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Verse 12. For just as the body is one body and has many members and all of the members through the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Thank you, Apostle Paul. For in one, uh, uh, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all of us. And all were made to drink of one spirit. This just basically means sharing in the fullness of the same spirit. Verse 14. 
For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Have you ever heard someone say that? Not like that. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that'd be scary. Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, you and me, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed the church, first apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues all, are all apostles, are all the eye, <laughs> are all prophets, are all the elbow, are all the teachers, are all the kneecap, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret. No! But earnestly seek the higher gifts. Stop comparing to others of how God has richly blessed them with the gift that they are yielding to and walking in. Start walking into your DNA and your design given by God. And here's the thing, church. When we don't operate in our gifts and we're busy comparing to others and judging others, the church suffers. The body suffers. If my kidney stops working, my body feels it. So I want to leave you with absolute essentials for spiritual gifts within the church. Please do not tune out yet. I am almost done. Band, it's your two-minute warning. Absolute essentials to the spiritual gifts in the church. Number one, they are God-given abilities to glorify Christ and to edify or build up the church, period. They are not man-made. They are not done in man-made strength. They are God-given abilities. Some of you have had the ability of hospitality. My, my, kids, my kids go to a daycare in Goshen. And I tell you what, the people who lead, the ladies that lead that daycare, they have a spiritual gift of hospitality and patience. Oh my goodness. They love and serve the body of Christ, even if it's kids that don't know Christ at this point. But they're serving with their God-given talents. That's what God wants to do in you, in the church, corporately, and outside of the church. You think you have a gift of this, but it doesn't matter because you're not given a gift of leadership. And so you just stay quiet. Stop it. You have a part to play. You have a part to play. Number two, love and humility are required. 
And as a leader of the church, I tell you what, if someone comes up here and says, I have a word for the church and I sense arrogance and I sense pride, I'm sorry, but you will not have the microphone. You will not be speaking to our sheep if you are not operating in love and humility. That is a requirement to operating in the gifts. Chapter 13, right after chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians says love. If I speak in tongues and prophesy and heal and have miracles and all this thing and I have not love, I have nothing. I am a chaotic, crashing, gong, annoying, aggravating sound. And I do more harm than good. You need humility. What is humility? It's dying to yourself. Monday night, it's all about dying to ourself. It's dying, laying it in the water, letting it die there. Friends, we got to become living sacrifices. The Apostle Paul says, I therefore plead. You know what plead means? That's what it is. I appeal to you, brothers, therefore, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, which are temples of the living Holy Spirit, the living God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. We are called to humble ourselves and become living sacrifices and walk in love. Next, we're not to be frightened or confused about the gifts, but we are to celebrate them and encourage them in healthy, spirit-led, love and humility form for kingdom purposes. Last two, we are to be alert when gifts are misunderstood, misused, and manipulated. We have the authority to say, ah, 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 we need to check this. Because sometimes we misunderstand it, and when we misunderstand it, we can misuse it. And if we're misusing it, so often we manipulate others and hurt others. So don't blame the Holy Spirit of bringing gifts for people who misuse it, manipulate it, or misunderstand it. We should desire the gifts as we seek the heart of the Father. We don't seek the gifts we desire the gifts as we seek the face of God. Big difference. Are you truly seeking God's face or are you seeking his hand? As you desire the things of God and you seek his face, you receive whatever's in his hand. And so I want to leave you with the quote or the slide that we started this sermon with. And if you haven't taken a picture of it, snapshot yet, please do that. When we as a church body begin to seek the Lord's face, we draw near to him in prayer. We turn daily from our sinful ways, and I mean daily. We give the Holy Spirit permission to have his complete control in our lives to change us. We will begin to see God do immeasurably more than all we could ask or see to his glory in the church in Christ Jesus. We will look different than the world. How are you living that is different than the world? Others will notice and respond in different ways. The enemy will try to hinder, dampen, and divide, but it is so essential 
that the church here at Elevation Community Church, the local body, we grow up in Christ. We grow up in the word and we grow up in our relationship with the Holy Spirit in order to function as the healthy, united, and thriving church it was designed to be. Amen? Would you stand? Father, I just pray right now that all over this place, we would connect with you. We would receive what you have for us. We would, our eyes would be open to what you're doing in our lives and in our church. God, may we respond, just like Pastor Todd said, how we respond in this season, in this hour, will determine all moments and seasons to come. And so I just pray right now that your children would connect with you. Holy Spirit, do what is necessary to capture their hearts. Father, make us a united, thriving body. We give you praise as we respond. Would you walk into the room? Would you change our hearts? And all the glory is to you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.